You're listening to Creative Voices, sponsored by Tree Park Store. Okay, guys, welcome to today's episode of Creative Voices. I'm joined by John Martin Tierney. John, you're you're not too far away from me, but right now you may as well be on the other side of the planet. Well, I might as well be, I suppose. <laughs> so tell us, John, what are you up to? Uh, well, today we're doing some figuring out of a software called Zoom uh, for... Tracy Bruin is hosting the open mic in the Roisin normally, but uh, obviously we can't go to the Roisin, so we're doing an online open mic, and it's going to be lovely. Yeah, I saw the Roisin. Uh, it's a great idea. So it was just kind of like figuring out like interfaces and how to make it sound not bad and passable, because it does get squashed a lot over the internet. Give us as much to work with, you know? I think everyone's internet is running a bit slow at the moment anyways. I've been struggling <laughs> today. I'm surprised you're actually able to do this call right now, to be honest. So, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're obviously a musician. <laughs> is, it, is, it a, is it an interview for a job? <laughs> sure, why not, John? Yeah, tell yeah. us your great instruments and uh, what your five yeah. work weeks. Uh, uh, well, I suppose, yeah, I'm a musician. I play with, uh, probably most notably, I play guitar with Dead Horse Jive. I do some solo stuff as well. I'd be fairly involved with a couple of different projects in the Galway music scene. Do a bit of recording myself at home. Kind of all I do at the minute. What, what style of music for those of her, well, not for me, but for anyone who might yeah. not be familiar with your own work or Dead Horse Jive, what kind of stuff do you guys do? Uh, so Dead Horse Jive is like rock and roll, but there's a lot of like funk elements in there. Some of the more recent songs we've been coming out with have been like influenced by like Wolfpack and Prince and stuff, while also being very obviously influenced by ACDC, Guns N' Roses, stuff like that. Okay, so that's quite a, a, a pullback for, um, like, you're young enough. So how, how did you guys find <laughs> my music that was out long before probably you were born? <laughs> um, well, I mean, the lads, so Joycey, Shox, and Martin were in some iteration of this band for a couple of years before me and Dara even joined, and Dara's the singer. Um, but, like, they were all playing, like, Guns N' Roses inspired stuff, Motorhead inspired stuff, stuff like that. So that kind of has always, that's kind of lingered on, you know, as like kind of near the foundation for the sound. But since myself and Dara joined, um, Dara's a really, really good songwriter and he's really lyric, lyrically like clever and stuff. Um, and he's, he's a tasty old guitar player as well. So the, the songs kind of started becoming less about, loud and aggressive they were and more kind of like about you know a song about having the crack or being attracted to people because of the brain and stuff like that you know kind of yeah. like less less kind of less kind of shallow and surfacey songs you know what i mean okay so maybe a bit of a shift in direction from influence me guys is it uh yeah well i mean from when i joined it was like it it was very kind of just classic rock sounding songs kind of maybe a couple of months in when Dara started bringing his own songs into the set and getting us to learn them and stuff, then it started shifting to be more kind of the, dare I say poppy, like more palatable anyway. Uh, pop isn't a dirty word. I mean, you know, people think that, but it's not really. Like, it's, depending it's, on who you talk to. It depends on who you talk to. I think it's shifted <laughs> perception of it over the years. Um, I think, you know, some people who say pop, they get a really kind of notion of maybe mid nineties kind of music. <laughs> what that was, but it's not. It's not a bad thing. I think you know pop rock and stuff like that. I think people like Stephen Malcolmus and stuff like that. That's you know, 
I quite enjoy. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I think, you know, there's an element of, I often hear um, Blind Boy talk about how they're considered novelty music and that's considered novelty isn't taken seriously. I think sometimes when people talk about pop, they might consider that a little bit kind of not quite novelty, but you know what I mean as well. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I remember listening to that podcast about them being considered novelty, all right? Um, and I kind of did, I, I did, um, I did empathize with it a bit because some of our songs, if they, if they manage to, you know, make it to a, a mainstream audience, they might just be like, play that one about having the crack or play that one where it, it has the rap verse in it, even though you're all, you know, pasty yeah. white dudes from Ireland <laughs> <laughs> playing guitars. So tell us a little bit then, John Horton, about like, uh, you know, how you started in music, how that journey began for you and your influences from a young age. Um, well, I mean, there was always music in the house. Um, Dad is very into his music, but he wouldn't he wouldn't have a very wide palette. But what he was into, he was very into. So like it was a lot of uh, American and Irish country initially yeah. when I was growing up. And then I started learning the, the guitar at about age eight, I think. Um, and then I started getting into guitar music, you know, so like folk singers initially and then getting onto rock and stuff. Um, but I always appreciate having the country music upbringing for lyric heavy songs and songs that are story based. And I've always tried to kind of attain that in some level, you know, like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a fan of just lyrics that are just there so that it's not music the whole time. Um, not that there's anything wrong with yeah, it's uh, just not gobbledygook lyrics. Like gobbledygook is probably a strong word. As soon as as soon as I kind of started uh, realizing that I could come up with stuff, then that's that's kind of when this there was like a switch, and then I started getting into more kinds of music to try and absorb as much of it as I can, uh, feed my unconscious, as Blind Boy would say, yeah. um, and then have have a have an eclectic kind of foundation and to base my own music off. Like I I even love finding new 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 types of bands and new types of guys playing different, you know, new things. I love absorbing it all like, you know, like a bit like a sponge nearly. That's good because I think it's like ranting, you know, if you spend too much time listening to the same stuff, the stuff you've always listened to, while you still enjoy it and appreciate it then makes it harder and more difficult and more of a challenge, I think, to try and find anything new and move towards anything new. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, like when I started getting into Wolfpack, I, I, I just going back to them because they're a good example. Um, and I'd be trying to show dad to get into it, for example, and he'd be like, yeah, that's fine, but I wouldn't really be into it. Um, yeah. I think because of how kind of set, set in their ways people can be about what music they like and stuff. Um, but like I, I mean, you could show me, you could show me any kind of music, and I would, you know, I would try and get into it at least, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know that um, comedian Dara Breen does a great sketch about uh, music snobbery and how he says basically, you know, what you're saying to people is you're telling them they enjoy the wrong sounds. And what's the yes. That? So, at what stage then did you do you remember when you kind of first performed rather than just you know learning yourself with, with um, and a family? I was always kind of performing for my family. Um, in in some kind of way, being like, oh, look what I learned, or something along them lines. Um, I kind of when I got into secondary school, I was, or sorry, I was still very shy, 
performing people outside of my family, like my immediate family, until I got into secondary school. And I studied music there for first, second and third year. And I still wasn't really like into performing in front of people. But as soon as I had TY, for some reason, I just, you know, I just started singing all the time and performing all the time. But I think it was kind of like a byproduct of doing transition here. Um, because they were getting you to try so many things and mm. whatnot. Yeah, but, um, structure of education and maybe a bit, bit of a freer form of stuff, is it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, so it was definitely from transition year on that I was really into the buzz that, I, that you get from performing and, you know, the, the, the haptic feedback nearly from yeah. e- even, even stuff you wouldn't want to hear back. But it was, it was just like, as, as soon as, as soon as I tasted that then, yeah, like that, that, that's all I want to do. It's all I want to do, you know? And you, so you guys, uh, how many, five of you in the band? There's five of us in Dead Horse Drive, yeah. yeah. So what's, what's their story there, Brief Daniel? You mentioned the guys have been kind of playing together before you came along. But... Um, so I joined in 2016, just maybe two or three months after Dara, I think. Um... And that's, that's kind of when we officially like, okay, this is, this is when the, this incarnation and this version of the band kind of begun, you know, and it, um, not quite like, not quite like an album cycle, but nearly like everything before that was just kind of a filler thing and not really, mm, see, that's maybe not quite filler, but like as, as soon as me and Dara joined the band, that was like the, the catalyst even probably is probably a better way of saying it. Um, and it was, it was, it was a very gradual kind of like getting up through the Galway music scene and getting seen by as many people doing all the support gigs, doing all, all the gigs that we got in Galway. And then in 20, no, 2018, we started doing, uh, extensive tours of down the country. Like, so we were doing, Sligo a couple of times a year, Dublin a couple of times a month, uh, Donegal a couple of times a year, like, but I went loads of different places spotted in between there. Um, and it's as soon as we started doing that, that we started getting like a proper bit of traction, excuse me, a proper bit of traction on, you know, say audience and the water live shows about as well, you know? Yeah, I suppose. So I think like it a, is. Isn't it just you need to put the time in and, and do the work and, and get yeah. Oh, like don't get me wrong, it was really, really tough in some places. Like getting back to my bed at seven or half seven or eight o'clock in the morning after being stuck in the back of a Nissan, Mi- not a Micra, a really small Nissan anyway. Like five sweaty lads and all the gear. Like it's tough. But like, I'm glad that we did that and that I don't, we don't really have to do that again, you know? And so where are you guys at in terms of releases and stuff at the moment? Uh, do you have albums out there or what's your... Uh, we've we've uh, an EP up on Spotify and all the other internet uh, streaming services called Should Have Stayed In. And that's kind of what we can, what we'd consider our official first EP, a first major release. Um... And that was, that was coupled in with the nationwide tour. Um, and we have a couple of singles out since then. 
Um, probably she's got a master's degree and leaves would probably be the two most notable ones. She's got a master's degree. We made a, a, a great video for that with Connor Quinlan. I think that's the thing I'm most proud of. Um, and then Leaves kind of would have got the most traction, would say, airplay and, and uh, stream count and stuff like that, because it, it is that bit more palatable. Um, and we do have more music ready to go, but uh, obviously in current times, the, everything's a little bit uncertain. Yeah. But, like, you know, we still have plans to release, you know, a video and a single and do tours just it's just a matter of when i think yeah so you guys been talking over the last few days now that you're all stuck at home and making plans or where are you at with that kind of stuff uh well i think we were just like 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 let's do the two weeks and then just see what happens because we do have a couple of gigs booked in like april and may so we'll probably have to start talking about them soon um but i've been keeping in contact with the lads individually as, as opposed to like say in our group chat or anything yeah, yeah. Because um, you'd get sick of them as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cut that bit out for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what about yourself then? I mean, you're you know you're you're at home obviously for a few weeks. Um, oh, yeah. You, you work as a someone in a creative aspect. What are you doing to keep yourself busy and keep yourself sane? Uh, I'm stuck in the com- well, not stuck. I'm I've myself sat in front of the computer for a couple hours a day, just like working on stuff that. I'd half finished because that's a great feeling. Uh, putting in work, stuff that's that's that that like I would have abandoned, not intentionally now or anything, but just kind of mm-hmm. maybe moved on from, and then adding a bit more, and then being like, okay, now that's that's actually a good solid, say, three minutes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of that, but I've also the that then is making the other creative juices flowing, and you know writing some new stuff and experimenting with with uh, electronic music because that's that's kind of pretty much the only type of music I've never played properly that I've always kind of wanted to because it's really daunting so I'm really getting into that especially in the last say two or three days okay. um so just figuring out stuff like that and doing loads of research and like how would you put on a live show and stuff like that with like Ableton and uh so it's just like a lot of learning and absorbing information for that. But um, no, then I'm so also like helping dad with the driveway and stuff. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I'm just scrolling through your um, SoundCloud here. While we're talking. Oh, yes. You have a good yeah. bit of content up there, in fairness. I have a load of stuff that's private that I might... Um, that I might just... just uh, put out in dribs and drabs. Just to see, like, you know. See what happens, yeah. yeah. I quite like that track you released there a couple months back, the I Must Have Dreamed You. I really enjoyed that. And you recorded all that at home, didn't you? Oh, yeah, that's that's kind of... That was the first kind of electronic thing I did. I I had a weekend off, I think, from day job, <laughs> and I just kind of went at it. It was um, it was a funny one because I I pretty much everything else up on that SoundCloud or anything I've released properly at least has mostly real instruments. So like acoustic guitar, electric guitar, acoustic drums, or something. But that's the first thing or the only thing that's not a software instrument is my voice and even then i was using my voice as an instrument for a lot of layering and and uh flavor in that track I'd like to actually revisit that track and maybe add some more drums in and get a bit longer maybe um like I'd, lo- I'd love to get like a-, a break with a big acoustic drum like just to make it explode nearly like um in the air tonight or something you know oh yeah yeah if you could do the, the modern day version of in the air tonight i'm pretty sure you'd break it down <sighs> <laughs> what what's your approach then to songwriting like you because i've talked to a lot of friends who are musicians and everyone seems to have their own kind of take on it it's funny i don't have one well I, i'm assuming people don't have one kind of approach but i don't have a like if i do this recipe then this will definitely make a song whether it's good or bad um like sometimes i would just have the computer open and i would be typing down lyrics Say that I have in a notebook or something transcribing and adding to that uh, or I might be doing stuff on the fly just like literally just writing down my stream of consciousness but a, a, a new thing I've discovered is is really inspiring is just opening up logic for one little music idea and just putting it in and you know looping it a few times and then putting in say, like if that was the chorus then putting in what a verse chords might be and building the bones of a song like that and then just like listening to that over and excuse me over and over again and then just throwing lyrics on the top of it that's a, it it's like it it sounds it sounds kind of weird but like it does it does kind of end up 
working out towards yeah. the end. But there's there's a big kind of chunk in the middle where you're like this could go anywhere or it's not really going anywhere. But it all seems it always seems to like just just come together, you know? Do you think is that just enough kind of experience to kind of trust your instincts and even though you mightn't actually know where it's going, you might have a feeling for how it'll sound? Yeah, yeah. Like it is trusting my unconscious or my you know, trusting my flow, like, you know? Yeah. And what about then, like, there's something we often talk about in other episodes, whereas when you're working alone and working on your own stuff, there's always a danger of either being extremely critical of yourself or going, Jesus, that's amazing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> who, do you, who do you bounce your work off then? Do you have other people in the band or do you try and keep it, like, someone outside of music to get their opinion or what's your thoughts on that? Um, I... I mean, the first person I pretty much show everything to is dad, to be honest. Because, like, he, he does appreciate all different kinds of music and stuff. Um, but, like, say Dara, the singer in Dead Horse Dive, I would send stuff to him because uh, I like his opinion and stuff. But I know I, I try and not self-analyze a song until yeah. or, or, a wor- or a work or a demo or whatever until, until, I'm, until it's at a stage where I'm like, I would potentially play this for someone now. Yeah. You know, like if it's if it's still bare bonesy, I'm not going to be like, oh, this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. You know, I still give it the chance. Like, no more than everyone having a different approach to writing songs. I think everyone has a, a different approach to how they get critique. You know. Yeah, 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 definitely. I know there's often times I'd be working on stuff like edits and go, that's grand, and then you go away and the next day you look like. <laughs> what was I thinking, like? Yeah. What was I at? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so musical influences outside of that, this is something I've been thinking about for a while. I, I have a young kid now, and I've, I've been trying to think, how would I build, like, a library of music to teach them as broad as possible? Uh, so, you tell me, John. Oh, God. Think about it. <laughs> Give me a couple of albums that you'd recommend to anyone that they really should have listened to if they want to broaden their musical, uh, their musical dictionary, should I say. Oh, God. I have a really boring <laughs> taste in music. I like stuff I listen to regularly. Well, by some by some people's standards, standards. and I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really mind by their opinion, I suppose. But I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't really get too bothered about that. Um, but I mean, it's really easy to say. Like, the, um, actually, no, no, it's not. Um, the absolute. I think, I'll start. I'll start, Jeff. I'll, on, yeah. I went back to last and I started listening to. Bit of Nick Drake, and then that brought me into like Elliot Smith, and then my wife yeah. told me it's all far too depressing. So <laughs> <laughs> then I listened to a good bit of your namesake, John Martin, who I always hey. find a good starting point. Uh, is that a coincidence, yeah. by the way? Yeah, it is, but I should start telling people it's not. <laughs> It'd be a good story. Uh, well, actually, that might be unnecessary pressure, so maybe I will <laughs> just keep saying it is a coincidence. Um, well, I mean, the the ultimate album for me, both in in sound, uh, the way it's mixed, the songwriting, and the story behind it, is probably Rumours, Fleetwood Mac. Do you know? Okay. Yeah. Like that is that is probably my top album from both the songwriting, personally the guitar playing, and obviously I'm into sound and mixing and stuff, and it sounds amazing as well. It still holds up, like you know. Yeah. Um. A more modern one that I'm, I've been really into lately because of the sound is actually Dermot Kennedy's album, "Without Fear." 
you know, oh, yeah. whatever, whatever you can say, whatever you want about the the overplayedness of some of the singles, but as an album, it really is the modern kind of standard. I would say, yeah, like it's it's, it's the perfect be... mix of electronic and acoustic instruments. You know, and he seems to have such a broad appeal. Like it's I'm always <laughs> surprised by how by both how many people um, he's kind of re- he's reached, and also the variety. Yeah, sure. Like the three two gigs three gigs at the three arena like that's like irish acts don't do that you know yeah and then he's doing he's doing eight or nine well where they go ahead now but he has them booked anyway eight or nine kind of twenty thousand outdoor ones over the summer like so like that it's kind it's kind of unprecedented the 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 wide appeal as well you know yeah it's interesting um, so um, playing live gigs then yourself as well like you guys play here in Galway I don't know you played in um, was Blackgate you played in as well Blither? Blackgate there back in August yeah that was great crack but that was kind of a stripped acoustic almost like MTV Unplugged kind of style thing where we changed up some of the songs as well do you know and do you prefer to play in those kind of venues or are you more like given that as you said you're you're sort of rocking away like do you prefer a bigger crowd or a smaller crowd or what's your take on that i love i love um i love big crowds i love the like the the unpredictableness of a big sweaty room you know i love i love the feeling of that but there is something about um the attentiveness of the intimate small crowds as well so I don't have a straight answer for you. <laughs> I guess it depends on your mood. Yeah, I suppose it depends on the venue and the uh, what kind of music we're playing as well. You know, Nature, what you're doing, yeah. So, what are you thinking yourself then next few days? I know you you do some interesting stuff. Sometimes you want to hop onto Instagram and you play songs on request, or you mix it up and play some different versions of stuff. Any ideas on what something you might do over the next while? Well, there's the open mic anyway. I don't know. I don't know when this will go out, but. Probably tomorrow. Um, oh yeah, so today, for anyone who's listening on, Sunday the 22nd of March. Now, Tracy's going to try and do the open mic, and I'm going to be doing a few of them uh, from the comfort of my uh, studio slash bedroom. I'm going to try, yeah, I am I am going to put out some more stuff either on SoundCloud or Spotify of my own, either Excuse me. Either under my own name or maybe a moniker or something. If I, if I, uh, if I don't, if it's a bit of a risky one, do you know? Yeah. Bit of protection for myself or something. <laughs> um, and then sure, people. I I put out a call there for people to send me stuff, and people are sending me stuff. So I'm gonna be working on some other people's songs, playing guitar in them and backing vocals and stuff. And if they release them, I'll share them. And if they don't, I won't. I suppose. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. So, anyone who wants to find your music, John, if they want to find you online or have a chat with you about stuff, what's the... I know you have your um, music SoundCloud, but other than that? Well, I'm John Martin Tierney on Facebook, and then there... Uh, so I have a page, John Martin Tierney, so they could message me there. Um, I'm on Instagram as well, at John Martin Tierney. Um, I suppose Dead Horse Jive is on Facebook as that. So uh, it's on Spotify as well as Dead Horse Drive. Um, uh, I use Twitter kind of, 
it's JMT GTR, like John Martin Tierney guitar. But uh, I don't know, people are mostly using Instagram these days, I think. Yeah, I think the shift has already happened, right? Okay, so then before we finish yeah. up, John, any kind of uh, advice for aspiring musicians or anyone who is <laughs> getting into... Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, own your craft. Like, if you if you don't have good songs, you're already fighting an uphill battle, you know? Mm. Like, if you, if you have really good songs uh, and then you're willing to work on top of that, whatever goal you have will present itself to you in some in some form you know whether it you know whether that is world domination of the charts or whether it's one sold out gig in Galway a year you know good songs and hard work whatever that might be good advice good advice well John thanks a million for taking the time to chat with me Uh, thanks for having me I'm sure we'll be talking at some point over the next weeks Yes. Thank you so much. You too. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by Treebark Store and produced by Peter B Photography. For more information, find us on Instagram, treebark.store, or at p3b underscore photos. You can visit our website, treebarkstore.com, or p3bphotography.com. Thanks again, and catch you on the next episode.